Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Valerie Bocage, as a young child, uh, had a dream of changing the world in ways that would improve the lives of others. When she was eight years old, she was shocked and surprised to learn that many children did not have some of their basic needs met, like coats and school supplies. She would often give away her things to children in need. Today, she is the founder and CEO of Powerful Women International Connections, where her efforts are making an impact on the success of many unusual and influential influential women across the globe. Welcome to the show, Valerie. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I was reading your story, and it's just so touching that as a young child, you, you just saw kind of the need that other children, you know, that, that they were missing and, and you, you decided to do something about it. And then you spent your whole career actually living up to that. Tell me a little bit about that journey. Uh, It's been a great journey. And I think that was my path. Like, I believe we're all here for a reason. And I think that was what I supposed to do. Um, After age of uh, 20, I started a dance school. And the dance school was to have low and moderate income, to have, uh, to be exposed, to teach them self-confidence. And I did that successfully for about eight to nine years. And uh, I taught tap, ballet, modern jazz, you know, everything. Uh, combined, and the kids would always want to stay. After classes were over, they would come by me on the weekend, and uh, I would be in the mall with about 20 kids. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what I did, too, is I made sure that I, you know, taught them life skills. So an example of that, and when they were in trouble, you know, I had problems. I had um, three siblings that quit school as teenagers. They, they were like eighth, ninth, tenth grade. Uh, their mom decided she wanted a career for herself, and she left them with the stepfather. And so uh, they said, well, my mom left me. Why should I stay, you know? So some of the other kids came and say, and they called me Auntie Val. Everybody called me Auntie Val. Um, you know, so Peanut and his sisters quit school and they told me the story. And so I got in my car and we went and found him and I talked to him and I brought him to school and I told him he didn't, he could not quit. I told him why. And, uh, got him back in school, and he took his master's degree, and he also taught at Juilliard in New York. And so they all became very successful. We uh, did things like, and uh, I think it was 1981, 82, something like that. They had the World's Fair in New Orleans, 
And uh, we had, we would perform in talent shows. And I remember one year we won eight first place trophies. And oh my goodness. Around. <laughs> so we practiced and practiced, uh, you know, all night. And so the, the, uh, they won a, um, one of the, the, the things they won was on the radio show uh, that uh, was sponsoring the talent show. And the radio show put them uh, in the World's Fair and for that performance to open it up. And so many people saw them dance. We got a free pass with VIP for the whole time the World's Fair was in session. So that boosted self-confidence. And I would do things like that. Then later, I started a private uh, preschool with the daycare. And the same thing, I put these kids in uniform and they were low income, moderate. I put them in uniform. I, I engage professionals to come and teach them, like tennis players. Uh, I taught them uh, bowling. We had extracurricular activity. They learned music and um I got someone from Loyola University who had a master's in music come and teach the kids. We took them to a kitty symphony. And I just started crying because I heard the kids say, oh, that's a flute. They knew that they knew what it was by sound. Uh, that's a trumpet. That's, you know, and I was kind of like, oh my God. And my daughter was in the class, so I really did. You know, wanted, wanted us to have everything that they needed and saw that their self-confidence was growing. And we would work with them in the school program according to how they learn instead of the traditional uh, way of learning. And we had kids that other people couldn't teach. And so <laughs> I just started getting knots at my door because other private schools were pulling their kids out to bring them to my school, to hire, to bring them. Could we please put? And that was just really fascinating to me. And we grew to be one of the top in New Orleans for teaching kids. Without trying, we were just giving our hearts back. That's so. fabulous. How, how do you, so when you, you know, it's easy to teach, not that it's easy, but it's, you know, you can teach kids. But to yes. give them drive and motivation is very, very different. So, so what are what do you think that you do that's unique that that gives them that drive and motivation to be successful, to to win these competitions, to win these awards, um, in working with you? Well, I, I look to see what they really gravitate to personally, like if they're interested in. Um, becoming a doctor, if they're interested in uh, computers and, you know, whatever that is, I'd find that interest and that would spark them like they understood that I knew that what they're interested in, we would try to get mentors around them and they were around other kids where, you know, if they had a, a problem at home, they, uh, had, uh, you know, didn't have anyone to understand. These kids understood each other and they would want to stay, you know, stay and be a part of it. They can talk about anything. They felt loved 
and they felt appreciated and that we understood, you know, understood each one of them individually. Making them feel valued, you know, that's, that's yes. seen and heard. Right. Yeah. So where do you think your where do you think your drive and motivation to do that um, comes from? Because, you know, when you're a child, a lot of children have aspirations to, to, you know, save the world or to help others and, you know, feed hungry children. But no one really not a lot of people follow through with that. Where do you think your drive and motivation comes from to, to do that? Well, I grew up in, in a family that we always had. You know, my dad became well-known in New Orleans for his music. And then he became well-known in, in other countries as well. And people knew my dad. My mom and dad split up. My dad was famous and he loved other women too. <laughs> so my mom didn't want to that. You know, so um, when we, and I was around uh, between... Uh, the, about six years old when that happened. So I thought as a child that everyone had everything they wanted. And we went and lived in the projects with my grandmother. And I would hear, you know, conversations like, could they, could those children, could, uh, you know, some of the neighbors, could they children watch the television with us on Saturday? So my mind as a child, I thought the dad them and the mom was sneaking them down. I had no idea they didn't have a television. And wow. in school, remember this little girl next to me and, and I was maybe about second grade and she was crying and I said, what's the matter? And she said that her, uh, that she didn't have crayon. We were in art, an art project. And she, uh, we were doing uh, pumpkins. It was it was a Halloween, and she cried. And so I gave her. I would. I had drew a circle to do a pumpkin, and so she. Uh, I gave her my orange crayon so she can draw a pumpkin. And I had this circle. I said, "What could I do with this?" So I made it a moon with a witch flying through it. <laughs> cracking up because it was like coming to life for me you know here's the witch riding through and I had given the the young girl to uh, able to make her smile because she can use it to draw you know the pumpkin and I just got creative and drew a witch and the moon flying and they used that that they uh they the teacher loved it so much she gave it to the school and they put it up in the school as part of the you know art project so I had a history about my 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 moon and my witch, and it made the other little girl smile. Well, it gave and, and it gave them inspiration as well. You know that they yes. can do it. Teresa, so, what yes. happens, Teresa? I was going to say, what happens once you are able to transform someone's life, teach them as a, as a former teacher myself, and the first time I can help teach a kid to read. Mm -hmm be able to teach them something that they never learned before. They see that progress it, and those eyes light up. There's nothing like it. And that's yes. why I became a teacher for so many years because yes. I just loved it. And I only really loved working one-on-one. -on -one. It wasn't as much of a classroom setting as one-on-one -on -one or small group instruction with kids where you really could see their progress and their growth. And it feels so right. great. And that's the same thing in my coaching services, 
or when I work with other people, I see that same thing. But with kids, it's just amazing because this might be the first time they ever had somebody pay attention to them. And I was the one that did it. That's yeah, great. I, I can relate to that. And, uh, you know, those are things I just saw that spark in them. And so when Katrina happened and I came here, I started working with women in New Orleans because I said, if we empower the women, then we can make a better world for the children and for men as well. Because you know, when a woman is empowered, the world changes. <laughs> my philosophy. Yes, yes. Men yes. gravitate <laughs> to successful women. And with that, we could bring the children in a different world. So, um, and I was, I started working with women and it was to have women fulfill on their dream, whatever that was. And uh, did that in New Orleans and it was called Positive Women. And then when Katrina happened, I lost everything. All I had was two pair jeans left, an overnight case. And um, I came to San Francisco on a job offer with Landmark Education. Had never been here before. Worked for them for a while, but started thinking about making a difference. So I started uh, Powerful Women International because I did want to take it international. And I know we don't have enough, a lot of time, so I won't tell you that story, but it's, I just started, people just start calling us all over the world. And um, then about 2012, 13, I started thinking of my childhood dream of really changing the world and making a difference. And I start talking to my team. And so we start shutting everything down. And it took us two and a half years to rebrand to figure out how could we do that. So we came up with working with women humanitarians who are already out there making a difference and uh, to empower them, support them, give them what they need to make a bigger impact in the world. And that has been so incredible. We made it exclusive so we can make sure that each woman is a fit and not trying to uh, do something for political reasons or not truly authentic. So um, then we started talking about, okay, so what impact would we really make? And one of my team members, um, she is a business consultant for uh, Parrot Nicotin. She says she wanted to build a sustainable community. That means making making, a community sustainable in a small part of the, you know, part of the city where it would be economically sustainable, where everything would work and people would grow. And so we started looking like, where could that, you know, we looked at Chicago, we looked at the Bay Area, no, the property is too high here and it didn't work. So people thought about, uh, you know, say, well, Valerie, what about New Orleans? And so my original thought was, no one wanted to go to New Orleans because it might be another hurricane. But then I went, wait a minute, we could build stormproof homes. Storm and floodproof. And so we started talking about that and put, putting that together and uh, wrote a letter to the mayor, who was a new mayor at the time um, for New Orleans, told her about what we wanted to do. We were bringing professionals all from around the world to us. 
to help us. You know, we were going to target one area of New Orleans, the Lower Ninth Ward. And we went to talk to some of the city heads. And they said, um, you know, we were talking and I listened at Kara, she's so brilliant, talking about the economy, talking about the, the education system. You know, and I said, we're not just here for the Lower Ninth Ward. We're here for the whole city of New Orleans. And I didn't say anything. So when we got back to the hotel, uh, she said, Valerie, we're not just here for the Lower Ninth Ward. We're here for the whole city. I went, I thought so too, you know. So, and for me, just being authentic, I pray, I pray a lot. I'm not religious, but I do believe in God and just asking God to guide us. And now we are talking to all of the mayor opened the city to any city head we want. And I said, wow, we got a key, a real key to the city. And we are negotiating. The people that's building the homes have been um, recognized by CNN and the United Nations. And I'm become a developer now. <laughs> That's a big difference, a big change from, yeah, you know. We are changing the educational system. And, and we have people from all over the world that want to help and participate. And so I, I'm on my path and I'm really excited. And I just want to make a difference, you know. Uh, I love that. Yes, you absolutely are. And I love that. And you've really stepped out of your comfort zone, too, from oh, yeah, from being a teacher and a ballet dancer and all kinds of other stuff. And, and, and now you're a developer and you're not just changing one community, you're changing many communities. Yeah. Um, you 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 are fearless. And that's the word that comes up for me. You're fearless. And in order to be fearless, you have to have a really positive mindset, which you do have. Um, what are some of the things you do to maintain that? What are some of the things that inspire you, that keep you um, wanting to, to, to continue to do this work? Because I, I can tell the way you talk about it, you're very passionate about it. And it's amazing what you've accomplished. You know, the kinds of women that we have in our group. Uh, we have about 100 women around the world, but they are all so passionate. They are, you know, a former mayor. They are, we have one in Paris who, work, who is working with world leaders on the pandemic. And uh, they, their hearts are truly for making a difference. And when I'm, you know, we do a call every month and um, it's just so inspiring to assist them in their needs. Because sometimes they have breakdowns too. And we all gravitate to, you know, to help them, whether it's personal or professional, that one woman, and we do it with all with, with each other to make sure we're okay. And then they start to blossom. And then we laugh and talk too. We have a great relationship and we're making a bigger impact in other people's lives. That'll so keep anyone motivated for sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I love how you're lifting each other up. There's no competition. You're lifting each other up and supporting each other, both professionally and personally. And that's how it should be done. You know, that's how yeah. the world should be always. I believe that too. Well, thank you for being on the show. We are running out of time. Where can people find you, Valerie? And where can they learn about your organization? 
Um, they can go to the website. All of the information is on. However, the website is is being redone. It's going to take us some months. Um, and uh, but the contact information there. And what we're doing is is putting all of the women and what they do, and then their projects on another website. You'd be able to see how they stopping human trafficking, domestic violence, working with prisoners, and that's not there yet. So the website now is, is old. We've just been so busy and then a the pandemic happened, but we are in the process of the updating and building um, a new website. So people can contact me through, you know, through the website. And I that's wanted true. to conclude with this, if you don't mind, uh, I didn't know what was going to happen with the pandemic when it said shut everything down. But I just heard to just keep working, keep doing. And we were one of the few, uh, one of the few groups that was asked to work with a program with the United Nations. So I am ecstatic about that. Too. That's an achievement for sure. And, you know, yes. a lot of people had to pivot during the, the pandemic. And it sounds oh, like yeah. you, you definitely probably more than likely followed your intuition and just kept on moving. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Well, your website is pwiconnections.com, correct? Correct. Yes. All right. Well, everyone reach out to Valerie. She's doing great things in the world. She's making change and bringing a lot of great women along with her on the ride. So thank you so much for being on the show, Valerie. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.